welcome back to Captivated Audience. My name is Marie Lundberg, and I'm joined as always by Samantha Sheen, my friend and professional colleague. We're back with podcast number two, where we talk to Eric Son, the global market strategist and product director of Dow Jones Risk and Compliance, and Mr. Watchlist himself. We jump right into the conversation. We are talking about sanctions. Eric, give us a background on the complexity of screening and correspondent banking. And of course, the obligation on when you find a match, if it's a true match or it's a false positive. Could you please give us a little bit on the background and the obligations? You see a name match and you say, well, what do I do with this? So first of all, on the OFAC website, there's actually a little multi-step process for how you you go about it. And it's basically, all right, uh, I matched a person. Is the name on the list a person? No, I ignore it. Did I only match the last name or only the first name? Yes, I ignore it. Uh, then I look for additional information. And if I don't have it, I go, I go get it. Now, here's the fun part. What does that really mean? You know, if you're doing customer screening, clearly you can go to your customer for more information. I think that's pretty clear. Um, I think also if, you, for example, you're a bank in Sweden and one of your correspondents sends you a payment that comes from a name that matches uh, or maybe they're doing a transaction on behalf of one of their customers and the beneficiary is a name that matches. It's reasonable for you to go back to your correspondent and say, I need to know who that person is that's mentioned in your payment because otherwise I've got problems here. Years ago, I talked to an old friend of mine from BMP Paribas. He and I were buddies back when I was a chips jockey, which was a, a, a high-dollar funds transfer network in the U.S. And I said, well, what's the standard of care here? can't imagine that if I'm the third bank in a, in a long payment chain because customer Bank of the Toblerone in Zurich, actually not in Zurich, in Zug, makes a payment through Swiss Bank Corp, which then goes to their New York, but the beneficiary is actually at Banco de Enchilada down in Mexico. So it actually goes to Citibank, and Citibank then goes to its some correspondent in Mexico, and you're somewhere in the middle. You're Citibank. It's not your correspondent's customer. It's a couple of hops away or vice versa. Do you go chase? My friend said, no, you don't. When you have an ability to chase the information because you've got a direct, you've got a, like a one hop away relationship, then you have to. And it's bothering me. It's not dissimilar from, from what the standards seem to be for dual use goods, which you don't have to go physically inspect the goods, but you certainly have to ask your customer for more details. You know, OFAC says it's better to report it and find out it's okay than the other way around. If you look at the distribution of lists, there's an awful lot of Muslim names, there's an awful lot of Hispanic names, and those are two of the most densely distributed names in the world. In the U.S., the top 100 names make up 20% of the U.S. population. In Latin America, it's 57, I think was the number I saw at one point, somewhere around 50 plus. In China, it's 87%. Muslim names, you can literally get just a given name. So in that environment, how do you determine? So it makes it hard, you know, especially in an environment where maybe there is a middle name, but they didn't give it. If I have a Juan Gonzalez, I'm sure there's a Juan Gonzalez on the SDN list somewhere, but it could be completely different than the one that's listed. I know that last year was just a great year for crazy sanction cases. You know, my favorite was the elf case around the false eyelashes. And it really, you know, things that make you go, hmm, that's interesting. In the last couple of years, what's been the sanction case that's really piqued your curiosity or amusement? Well, since you mentioned elf, 
let me talk about that rash of cases from last year, because as part of the OFAC framework document, the framework for OFAC compliance commitments, that's why we all say framework documents too, is too long the other way. They talk about the need for greater due diligence in terms of mergers and acquisitions activity and supply chain. ELF was a supply chain case. You also had three cases within the span of six weeks that were related to U.S. firms picking up foreign subsidiaries, finding that they had sanctioned business, and then uh, the, the subsidiaries went and did what they wanted to, even being told not to do them. So in that regard, one of my favorite cases from last year was Cole Morgan Corporation. Cole Morgan, but they did everything right. They went through the customer database of the subsidiary they picked up in Turkey. And they determined a list of business that they had to terminate. They did training. They set up a whistleblower hotline. They made the firm in Turkey certify quarterly that they were not doing business with Iran. And still, a manager continued business for Iran for I think it was two years until someone did in fact utilize the whistleblower hotline. And then by the afterwards, when Cole Morgan went and investigated, they obstructed the investigation by lying to investigators by trying to delete emails, by changing additional business records. And they still got fined double, almost double the base penalty, which never happens. The ultimate penalty is always a discount from the base penalty. Now, mind you, the total penalty wasn't much. It was 13,000 odd. But the question, it, it makes you think, what else could they have done? And everyone I've talked to, I think we're all on the same page. You probably, when you've got a business like that, you probably need to oversee it yourself for a period of time. You can't rely on self-certification. I think that you should also do unannounced site visits, drop in and audit the books yourself. And maybe, just maybe, you do email surveillance for the name of the, of the country that they were dealing with, for the cities in that country. But see if they're talking about it, about, oh, how we, you know, we, think we have this customer in Isfahan. So that one was my favorite. It was, I think, my favorite. Just really quickly, Eric, you've been at home for a long while. I know everyone can't see us on the video, but we're all we're all looking more au naturel as the weeks go on. What are you doing with your family to keep sane? Me personally, I go out every day in my car and I play Pokemon Go without getting out of the car. I just catch Pokemon in my car where I know the Pokestops are. And then on the on the very tail end, I stop in at a coffee place. I pick up a coffee drink for myself and for my wife, and she is eternally grateful. For the family, really, my wife and my kid have not left the house in six weeks. But what we're doing is we're doing a Zoom family the uh, family meetings via Zoom. So we had one for Passover. We had one the other day just to say, so I'll say hi. We're going to do one for a gra my other daughter is just officially graduated yesterday. She finished all her classes. We're going to have a, a mock graduation on the day that the graduation ceremony was supposed to be. Thank you so much, Eric. So just to sum it up. Honestly, I think the big thing is do your research, do the reading. You know, if you're, if you're going to get into this kind of business where you, there are regulatory requirements, whether it's product safety, whether it's workplace, you know, and, and labor force issues, whether it's sanctions, you can't claim that you didn't read the, didn't read the regulations, you didn't know what your requirements were. Otherwise, you shouldn't be in business. You got to do the research. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. And on behalf of me and Sam, I would just like thank you and uh, hopefully talk to you soon and keep an eye out for Mr. Watchlist, right? 
Yes, MrWatchlist.com um, has a blog, but also has a whole bunch of resource pages, including an events calendar. There are some of still some industry events still going on. Uh, there are there's a page with regulatory lists. There's a page with regulations and guidance. There's a page with all my published articles. I do publish all over the world, and there's all all sorts of stuff there. But MrWatchlist.com, MrWatchlist.com. Excellent. Eric, thanks so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. Good seeing you again, Sam. And I hope to be in Stockholm soon. I love Stockholm. And that's it for today's podcast. If you'd like to do just as Eric has done and take part in one of our podcasts, or if you've got some ideas on topics you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out to us on the podcast website, captivatedaudience.eu, or simply drop us a line directly on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great day and stay safe.